Attention user, welcome to new Twitter. When you receive 420 likes, you will earn one musk buck. When you earn 69 musk bucks, you can say a slur. Welcome to new Twitter. Welcome to Southpaws, episode 526, Musk Bucks. I'm your AI host, Saverin. Beep boop. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? I'm Fuzz Wolf. I'm Shiva. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the AI studio, where the algorithm will determine what we discuss. We are here to have a good time, are we not? Don't we love our musky husky? Don't we know that we should make the term musk utterly unsearchable on twitter.com? Furries, I believe in you. You can help us make that better tomorrow. Anybody searching for musk should find the smelliest, dirtiest, fartiest furry art known to man. You can do it. Shape the future on twitter.com. Hi, kids. We're back. We're all here. Isn't that amazing? Woo! You're you're still here, Shiva. Isn't that cool? Yes. You survived your adventures and your time out of the area, and you're back in one piece. You didn't have your soul stolen by some man in the desert crossroads. Nor... Man, they really tried in Vegas, so let me tell you. I yeah. have some stories. You know, Vegas is a dangerous place. Every minute you say past 72 hours, you risk your eternal soul being stolen by the desert. <laughs> Vegas itself, you know, you're when you, if you die in Vegas, you do die in real life. <laughs> but you're back here, and we're glad to be recording back at your place. And uh, we're not sitting in one of the in the production room at Fur Planet Towers. We are sitting in the living room around the table, and we're all in one piece. Yay! It's a very moist night here in Texas. Exceedingly moist. We have gotten rain and rain and rain, but the power hasn't gone out, knock on wood. I'm, I'm tempting fate, as you see. You're the only one that could actually reach wood. Uh, well... <laughs> there we go well i meant the other side table but oh okay. that's wood too look I, c I can knock on multiple types of wood just <laughs> fucking punch myself in the balls <laughs> anyways oh well it's been a couple weeks the musk has purchased twitter the kids are not all right and uh the kids are really the kids really... are really man what the hell i gotta say and uh you know Bayonetta is, in fact, not a good witch. Well, it's the voice actress mm -hmm. who is what, Bayonetta. Oh, and there's also a story about how a father and son were convicted in a Pokemon Go brawl that ended in a lake. In a lake? In a lake. Okay. So, let's just actually get right into it. So, here is an article that was started... The, the events actually occurred in 2018, and it took them until now to finally get the trial to happen, which mm -hmm. is very silly. Father and son convicted in Pokemon Go brawl that ended in Kirkwood Park Lake, where people in 2018, two years after Pokemon Go had released, actually ended up in a fight in a park in St. Louis. In misery. Yeah, in misery. The state of misery. I mean, you have nothing to live for if you live in misery, to be completely in honest. the United States of America. The uh, mis misery in St. Louis is just a, it's a hellhole. You don't want to live there. I mean, not that you want to live in Texas either, but, you know, 
we go to we point at Missouri and go, ugh, if we're in Texas. So that being said, yes, the particular case was that a 75-year-old man, his adult son, were convicted Wednesday of beating up a Pokemon Go competitor in a brawl that landed all three in a lake at Kirkwood Park. A St. Louis County jury found Robert Menz- Matanuzzi, 75, and his son Angelo Matanuzzi, 35, guilty of felony third-degree assault. My God. This is someone just a few years younger than me getting in a fucking fist fight over Pokemon Go. Now, I will say... Back when I was playing Pokemon Go a lot more hardcore, the competition around Addison Circle was very fierce, and there are people that would get very heated if you quote-unquote took their gym. Actually, in 2018, he was the same age as you. You were the same age as him, right? Yeah, actually. Sorry, that's a minor thing. I was just doing the math in my head. So, this person who was the same age as I was back then, but anyways, uh, (laughs) got into a fist fight. Over, like, they apparently they both attacked a gym at the same time, and they got into a fight over who got to put their Pokemon in the gym first. Not between each other, though, but with a competitor? You no, said? it was, so, the two, the two, oh, the I father and son. all three landed in a, well, like. yeah. The father and son assaulted a third person. Okay. Who, they had, a, they both attacked a gym at the same time, mm-hmm. and the game has a period where, the winner gets to put a Pokemon in the gym first. Yeah. And they got into a physical argument over it. One dude punched the other in the face, and then the other guy got thrown in the lake, and then the dad, the 75-year-old, jumped in the water after him and tried to drown the guy. Oh, my God. And the jury was just like, you fucking clowns. This is one of those, like, ultra-low-priority cases that honestly shouldn't have hit a jury. And because ultimately... No, we're taking this all the way to the Supreme Court. We're going to appeal. Both Matanuzis testified in their own defense at trial. Their defense attorney, Jeffrey Rath, argued they were not the aggressors in the melee. I didn't want to be in the water, the father, Robert Matanuzis, told the jury. When prosecutors reminded him that he jumped in to join his son, he replied, When you're 71 and you get punched in the head, you don't know what you're doing. He admitted on the stand that he he did hold the victim's head underwater. I just wanted to dunk him, he testified. The son, Angelo, testified he never wanted to fight. I was just trying to put my Pokemon in the gym, he testified. He later reflected, it was Father's Day. It's not a good time to fight with nobody. <laughs> Angelo Matuzzi said police eventually got him out of the water with a ladder and he was left with a swollen fist and missing teeth. The bystander who broke up the fight, two of the victim's former Pokemon Go teammates, an emergency department doctor, and a Kirkwood police officer testified here for the prosecution. Another member of the Matuzzi family testified for the defense about a previous run-in between the two Pokemon Go teams. The jury on Wednesday recommended a sentence of Robert Matuzzi of three days in jail and a fine. The jury recommended Angela Matuzzi be sentenced to fine only with no jail time. So, <laughs> just imagine, first of all, fighting with a dude over a Pokemon gym. Like, mm-hmm. fist fighting to the point you, like... Throw the other dude in a lake, and then your dad. When you are not a child. <laughs> 35 years old. <laughs> then, as it wins its way to the court system, you hope that they'll just drop the charges. And they don't. And four years later, you get put on international news because your stupid ass got in a fist fight over Pokemon Go. And you fell in a lake during the process. <sighs> 
I mean, honestly, three days in jail is a, is a fine slap on the wrist. It's a, you idiot. Just, yeah. you know, fuck off out of here. Quit playing games <clears throat> You if you can't contain your spaghetti like that. They gave him the harsher sentence because they figured he should have known fucking better. <laughs> yeah, like, so Robert got three days because he's old enough to know better, and the other guy just be like, get a fine. <laughs> it's just so silly Wait, because... So the father of the son got the harsher... The, the father. father got three days in, oh, the, the in city jail. But it's still just yeah. such a goofy story. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, look, people have gotten heated in the past, in my experience, but it's not that big of a deal because there's a lot of gems around here. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But there are certain people who take this game extremely seriously. And I've had run-ins with them people, but... I'm not hardcore enough to really give a shit. Right. If I'm attacking a gym, it's because I want to get the hearts with my Pokemon buddy and not that I'm going to take over a gym. Who cares? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's enough shifts around, and with me going out forth all the time, I am by so many gyms. Also, apparently, uh, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but apparently Grand Prairie is not really a Pokemon Go type of town. Uh. And a Pokemon that I put in a gym down there on Monday is still there. <laughs> Um, so that's fun. First of all, it's Pokemon Go. It's not that serious. But if you do engage in a fist fight, you will end up on international news because your story is that dumb. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I'd say they need to touch grass, but they were outdoors when this happened, so that doesn't always help. So moving on to something slightly heavier, but not as heavy as the final big topic. The Elon Musk has uh, purchased Twitter, and the actual impact remains to be seen. Except we have already seen, apparently, there's been a very large uptick of people spamming slurs and calling people names and being racist. And wow, I mean, yep, what a surprise. Racist and homophobic right out of the, the gate. Like, Daddy Musk is here, and he's like, comedy is now open, available on Twitter again, or whatever. And people are responding with as much hinge as you would expect. Like, oh, hey, Elon, here's a picture of me pointing a gun at you. That's joke. Haha, <laughs> comedy. You going to do anything? I thought comedy was back. I'm not I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Yeah. You know, because you got the people like that track that kind of things. And it's like, oh, yeah, the N word was 500 percent more use the day after Tweet purchased Twitter. And it's like, oh, of course, God. like there's no other way this could have gone. Like the, but as Twitter user Rinfamous points out, like I for one am excited for the day that racist right wing trolls realize Daddy Elon doesn't love them as much as he loves the continued ability to collect ad revenue from Taco Bell. Spoilers: Your freedom of speech on this platform ends right around the same place Elon Musk's ability to sell gorditas does. Because yes, the European Union has had to remind Elon: Now that you own this, you still have to abide by our rules. Yeah, and of course you have text. Texas and Florida doing their onerous no moderation bullshit laws that are winding their way through the courts as well and Elon is now in the hot seat for that you know he fired several of the people who'd been there at the top who mm-hmm. knew what was going on yeah so he's literally going into this purchase blind like he owned himself into purchasing a asset that will only depreciate in value <laughs> that the user actively hate for the most part Mm-hmm. because he couldn't let go of people not liking him on twitter.com this man with more money than god and less sense than a potato 
spent $45 billion to try to make people like him, and you can't do that. It's not going to work. All people are doing is replying to tweets with him standing next to Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, shit. And all sorts of shit like that. Like, oh, ooh, is Daddy Elon going to ban me? I thought we had free speech here. (laughs) Like, really poking the bear shit. Right. And, like, yeah, this is exactly what you deserve, you stupid fart. The thing is, he buys his way into things without ever actually creating anything. He's a founder of PayPal because he fucking bought it. He's a founder of Tesla because he bought the right to call himself that. Mm. Motherfucker hasn't done shit. All of his nonsense comes to no- nothing. His Neuralink tortures monkeys. His Hyperloop is a death trap in Vegas. That they're like, oh, we're going to make one in fucking Miami. You know, the place just got inundated with a flood. Yeah, let's build underground in fucking Miami where the water table is six inches under the soil. Um, SpaceX keeps blowing shit up and fucking up native bird habitats in South Texas. Uh, You know, they're fucking up the sky with their Starlink. Yeah, I'd read about that, that a lot of people were like oh starlink's gonna bring the internet to everywhere and a lot of people pointed out like dude this is fucking up astronomy yeah you're fucking up astrophotography for everybody yeah like it's a good thing that the james webb is up there taking those amazing photos because you can't get them from earth right now because Mm -hmm. there's these lines of satellites fucking streaks into your long exposure photography right but yeah like this is a hell of your own making congratulations and like you could tell he he didn't really want to do it he just wanted to threaten to do it and then just you know he clearly does not understand real world consequences or full life consequences or whatever because you know that he died to back out of it immediately and they were like no fucko there's actually regulations about this sort of thing when you buy enough stock to be a majority shareholder and then make an offer to shareholders to buy out a corporation yeah like you can't just do that shit it's it's literally a no take backsy situation yeah and like this is also because like the delaware chancery courts i think it was and wasn't it also delaware that made alex jones pay nearly a billion dollars because that state does not fuck oh it's okay it was next door never mind yeah, sorry. anyways i was like it, those states are all the same i say offending everybody that lives up there all 10 of them um 10 people to first state that's the northeast yep but it's like these guys they think that they can buy their way into the internet loving them and that's what drives these check marks insane mm-hmm. you know they demand that people love them when they can't do that. In fact, Twitter is the opposite of that. Twitter lets you know that as this check mark with a million followers that there's people that hate your fucking guts and they'll let you know. And yeah, you can filter out your your mentions and stuff, but you're not going to purchase the adoration of the majority of people. You know, you've got your musky huskies, your fanboys that love your Teslas and all the other shit. I also like the term elongated muskrat. Yes, that's a good one. But, like, you can't make people love you because you own the website. All you're going to do is make people stop using your website. Like, I don't like Twitter, per se. I like being able to keep up with certain people, but, like, most of my activity is on Telegram nowadays. Yeah. Like, 
Twitter is the the horror factory that you look in and go, oh boy, there sure is another mangled body on the pipeline. What does it say? Oh look, some horror in another country that I can't do anything about, but I now know about. Cool. But like yeah. in Telegram, we to torment Vortex. I mean, at least with Telegram, I get those stories interspersed with like pornography from a variety of sources, and so like he he bullied himself into purchasing Twitter, and now he owns a forty five billion dollar albatross. That will only depreciate in value and that have a lot of people very leery of containing, continuing to use it. Mm. You know, uh, Tilton was like, you know, what if we made a, a log of our stuff like a, on the web, perhaps a web log? What would those be called? <laughs> perhaps a, a, we could use a, a web ring. Yes. An interconnected group of blogs. Fantastic. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, we don't have to put our char- our thoughts 280 characters at a time. We can do it as many as we want. But the there's an article on The Verge that I thought was really funny because... Yes, that was, no, it was really informative, I thought. It's like, welcome to hell, Elon. You break <laughs> it, you buy it. By Neelay Patel, at Reckless on Twitter.com, for the time being. You fucked up real good, kiddo, is the opening line. <laughs> Twitter is a disaster clown car company that is successful despite itself, and there is no possible way to grow users and revenue without making a series of enormous compromises that will ultimately destroy your reputation and possibly cause grievous damage to your other companies. I say this with utter confidence because the problems with Twitter are not engineering problems, they're political problems. Twitter, the company, makes very little interesting technology. The tech stack is not the valuable asset. The asset is the user base, hopelessly addicted politicians, reporters, celebrities, and other people who you should know better but keep posting anyway. You! You, Elon Musk, are addicted to Twitter. You're the asset. You just bought yourself for $44 billion. The problem, when the asset is people, that the people are intensely complicated and trying to regulate how people behave is historically a miserable experience, especially when the authority is vested in a single powerful individual. What I mean is that you are now king of Twitter and people think that you personally are responsible for everything that happens on Twitter now. It turns out that absolute monarchs usually get murdered when shit goes sideways. And yeah, it's this pretty lengthy article, but it talks a lot about like, you know, a lot of these companies, a lot of these alternative social media accounts find out that like oh shit we can't actually just let people say whatever they want there has to be moderation or else the countries might start banning us europe says you have to do various things and comply with the gdpr Mm -hmm. germany has its own rules around reporting fucking iran is using twitter to jail dissidents saudi arabia is using twitter to kidnap people and sentence them to lengthy prison sentences for tweets they make as u.s citizens like the article also pointed out that tesla apparently has a huge market in china so if there's shit on twitter that the chinese government doesn't like that could affect tesla's bottom line oh yeah as far as their access to that market he added twitter to his house of cards and all it's gonna take is some state actor to put pressure on him and everything comes crumbling down yeah the point about china yeah like china there's has some very strong rules about a lot of things and oh you know if you don't start banning this content on twitter you're not gonna be able to sell teslas to our billion and a half people well what's he gonna do daddy elon loves his money so he's gonna start banning things that the chinese communist party doesn't like and where's the free speech in that my little right-wing warriors he has put himself in the hottest seat imaginable in a maelstrom of shit that he chose to do. 
like we're trapped in the burning tesla like everybody else as users of twitter Mm -hmm. but we aren't the ones that spent a vast chunk of our assets and leveraged a bunch of our corporate stock to do so yeah twitter is technically free but there is an intense emotional and psychic cost to it but we also didn't spend we didn't basically put this extra card in our little house of cards and make ourselves vulnerable to nation-state actors. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have countries like Russia saying that, well, Starlink satellites are going to become military targets now, and they're going to try to shoot down the little Starlink boxes, which good sucking like with that. And so, like, yeah, he has put himself in a hell of his own making, and I hope he is miserable until he eventually has to sell it off for a massive loss like Verizon did with Tumblr. Because Tumblr was purchased for like $1.1 billion and then sold for less than 10 if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was like $4 million or And all like that. Tumblr would have to do to recapture a massive market share is allow boobs once more. Yep. People would say, fuck it, I can go post tits over here on Tumblr.com. I don't need to deal with random first name bunch of number MAGA stands shitting up my mentions about when I'm trying to post Art of Sailor Moon or whatever, you know? So that... The rise of Tumblr. <laughs> hey, you know, the question is really, like, what what else is there? Now, it turns out that Jack Dorsey, the former owner of Twitter, has his... The actual his, founder. The actual Twitter. founder of Twitter has his own group. Of the, I forget what it's called, like, Blue Wings or something like that. He's making his own Twitter with blackjack and hookers. Wait, what? Really? He's gonna make another? Yeah, fucking I Twitter? shit you not. Jack <laughs> Dorsey is making his own Twitter again, and <laughs> well, he knows how to do that. <laughs> I guess his selling his tweets for his NFTs didn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that guy that tweet that was like, "Man who purchased NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet for one point three million dollars set to lose one point three million dollars in the sale." Like, guess what? That's just how it is. Imagine having that much money and being that stupid. Yeah, or there's the one where it's like, you know, you said you could solve world hunger with $6 billion, yet you bought Twitter for 44 It's like, I don't want to solve world hunger. I want to be funny on Twitter and make people like me. You know, it's that mm. Spider-Man meme. Yeah, yes. Yeah, someone rewrote it and put Musk's face over the, the lizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. here's something that I thought that I only think only I will care about in as much that it's not really it's video game related but it is also voice acting related so right yes helena mm-hmm. taylor the former voice of bayonetta and bayonetta one and two is a big fat liar and is a big fat liar on twitter.com who is also apparently a turf and also apparently a bit right wing and would like people to donate to charities including thing people that make anti-abortion billboards on the size of freeways that feature you know mangled fetus parts and stuff that's fun so for anybody that has not heard of what i'm talking about helena taylor was a voice actress who did the voice in these two games for this character as well as her appearances in smash brothers for wii u and for the switch she claimed she was offered a mere four thousand dollars to voice the character in the upcoming game Mm -hmm. which is a pittance but then it turns out that the actual contract was that it was for Three to five thousand dollars a session for five sessions. Oh. Which turns out to be actually above the SAG AFTRA rate for voice actors in video games. When she was demanding like 
a quarter million dollars to do it. Platinum said, nah, and went with Jennifer Hale, who is a much more accomplished voice actress. She was Fem Shep in Mass Effect. She's been in a ton of shit. You will recognize her voice when you hear it. But she tried to make this big old deal and get gamers to boycott. And when this first came out, people were like, oh, you know, this is this character assassination. This is not true. What do you mean? Why are you digging into this? You know, and people were largely like, you could, you know, two things can suck at the same time. She can suck as a person, but she could also have a point. But then when she tried to organize the boycott and listed a number of charities that she was saying that you should donate to, um, turns out that, yeah, she's pretty right wing. I mean, what a surprise. You know, the, the places that they want you to do- she wanted you to donate to, Pets for Vets, which is, you know, dog rescue that connects rescue dogs with veterans. All right, that's fine. Lambda Drama, it's a student learning thing. Dogs Trust, which apparently uh, untagged themselves from the thread, which is pretty funny. Missionariesofcharity.org, you know, Christian missionary charity group, which, that, not great. Team Rubicon, which is somebody I've got blocked. I don't know what they are. Billboards for Life Kentucky. Our mission is to post pro-life billboards focused on spreading the word about the sanctity of all human life. A The Brother Andre Medical Center, which is Saint, of St. Monica's Church. Kevin Cruz Foundation, which is the theater thing and then aid to the church in need uk so three different church groups and a pro-life billboard group and uh needless to say people did not necessarily uh find this amusing because it's like oh not only is this person not only this person really lie about the circumstances of her contract she lied to get ahead of this caused people to harass jennifer hale and then was found out to be like oh you should donate money to the people that put mangled fetuses on billboards in kentucky so needless to say miss taylor has ended her career in video game voice acting for a very permanent basis it's kind of a shame because like yeah voice actors should be paid more especially in game big game series like that but she just made it so that that whole genre of conversation is now going to come back to you. Oh, are you going to ask us to boycott your game and donate to fetus billboards? Mm-hmm. They poisoned the well for that discussion for the next period of time because she decided to lie because she didn't get enough money or residuals. And, like, there are people, if you're a main character in a game, you should get paid more. And you might de- deserve residuals. Like, the dude that voiced Nico Bellic in GTA 4, this is like, in 2008 or whatever, mm-hmm. fucking got blackballed from Rockstar and never working again because he was, like, trying to organize a boycott and because he wanted to get paid more and get residuals for GTA 4. Because he was the main voice character, and he worked for months doing all the voice work. And they paid him a pittance. But he also wasn't, like, trying to get people to donate to, you know, the Puppy Kickers Club or the Let's Tell Trans Kids They're Going to Hell Church, you know? Yeah. So, one of the benefits of us not recording every week because of circumstances is that, like, these stories can percolate out all the way through because mm-hmm. it's like you know if we talked about this last week i would have been like yeah you know she has a point 
But then today, when she's coming out with a list of charities that include several churches and a pro-life billboard group, dirty. it's like, oh. Also, I didn't know. The, I had not. So the thing I had heard was that the four grand was what they negotiated after the initial offer was declined for a cameo appearance. Yeah. I didn't know that what they had offered her was actually a lot more than the going rate. Yeah, it was like three to five per session for five sessions, but then they offered her a a smaller rate for just a cameo because, like, she could have had the perfect cameo for her to do if she didn't want to have played this game was at the opening of Bayonetta 3, there's some timey-wimey bullshit and a version of Bayonetta dies. Mm -hmm. And a character is sent through the timey-wimey bullshit to meet up with Bayonetta and try to avert this dark future she comes from. This isn't like the opening video, so it's not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the cameo: is that that version of Bayonetta died, and Helena Taylor has like five would have had like five lines and could have gotten her payday and could have fucked off, and instead she's ended her career. Mm-hmm. Instead of yeah, other studios you know, are not going to want to work with her. Well, yeah, and like okay, she can have the same acting career as Gina Carano does. Yep. Which is to say, not one. Which right. one is that? Uh, she was in. She was in Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Oh, that the yeah. the 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 yeah the, the, yeah, the yeah the really buffed uh buff fighter lady. Yeah, like, MMA, I think. I I don't remember her name. Like uh, she had her own fucking spinoff ready to go on Disney Plus. She yeah. could have contained her fucking spaghetti. Yep, they were gonna give her her own miniseries like Andor or something, and like. And then, like, they'd already kind of had her on watch as a, oh, we're starting to get a little bit uncomfortable with this actress and what she's saying. And then she had posted, like, a bunch of really anti-Semitic shit to Instagram, I think it was. And at the uh, the big Disney board meeting or whatever that November, they were like, yeah, we're not going forward with the spinoff show and the character is not coming back. And, you know... Which makes me sad because I really like that character. Yeah, like I'm not saying I know she's no, not no, no, a no, bad no, no. act. She's a, I'm not saying she's a bad actress or the she's not very proficient in all of her fighting scenes because no, she no, totally was that the character is badass and it's just really unfortunate. You know, you find when someone is find out someone's a complete asshole. That's what I meant. She basically assassinated this character. Yeah, yeah, and like I've also recently discovered that. Some cast members are Star Trek or kind of shitty, which... Which one? Which Trek? Um, in this... Well, so Dwight Schultz Barclay has been a Republican apparently since the 80s. Uh, and he's in TNG and he's in Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Voyager, unfortunately, Robert Beltran, who plays Chakotay, mm-hmm. is quite a piece of shit. Like, um, Tim Russ, who, who plays Tuvok, tweeted something recently uh, about fascism being bad, you know, as as you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chakotay replied, well, that's two good reasons not to vote for the Democratic Party. And then tried to play it off as, ah, lol, I was just kidding with my friend or something. But then you go back. I went and I looked at some of his tweets. And like two weeks ago or so, three, three weeks ago, he made a really shitty post about native americans and 
you know, refer to Native American women as squaws, which is like a highly fucking offensive word um, mm-hmm. for Native people. And it's sort of like, and this is coming from an actor who literally played a fucking Native American for seven years, and it's just kind of like, dude, what the fuck? And another one is, unfortunately, Roxanne Dawson, who played Belana Torres, the Voyager chief engineer. Oh. Uh, apparently, she's super fucking right wing also. And it's just like, that's I mean, a real bummer. At least with modern Trek, those people aren't involved. Those characters yes. aren't called well, back. Well, here's the thing. Chakotay is on Prodigy. Oh. The season one sort of hinted that he was out there. Um, and are we still in season one? Okay, it's just picked up again. It had a mid-season break. Uh-huh. And basically, he apparently Chakotay was the original captain of the Protostar uh, that, that went and disappeared. And now Janeway is looking for him. On, on her own ship. She's Admiral Janeway now. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be appearing as Chakotay in the second half of this season. So he's still working as Chakotay, and I'm sure still, you know, probably making con appearances and shit like that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, Tom Paris was doing those tours of the ships, the California class. Yeah. Lower so that's the thing that both Star Trek and Doctor Who are doing. It's like uh, bringing those old characters back. You know, and giving those actors more work, um, which is which is really cool, and I really like it. But it's just really unfortunate when you discover that, oh no, in twenty twenty two, someone is a fucking right wing asshole mm-hmm. that goes against everything that Star Trek stands for, basically. Yeah, and and what I was I was thinking, at least with the new shows, all those actors probably know that it Star Trek has always been woke as fuck, uh-huh. and. Um, like, I really can't see anyone on, say, Discovery suddenly becoming a turf for as how queer and gender diverse and racial diverse as the cast of Discovery is. Yeah. You know? Like, I can't suddenly see one of them being, like, could... anti trans or something. Yeah. They're almost painfully woke. <laughs> well, I, mean, like the... I don't mind it being woke, and I don't yeah, mind uh, the characters, oh, no. but the, the writing really lets me down on Discovery, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we're fully caught up now on both Strange New Worlds and on Lower Decks. So. Yeah. Oh, we got one more to go of Lower Decks. Um, we finished Picard. Uh, we are caught up on Discovery, and we finished Strange New Worlds, so... Well, now that things have calmed down a little bit with my dad, mm-hmm. um, we're 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 in the final season of TNG, and they did a fucking global warming episode in like 1994 mm-hmm. t- about the like you know overuse of warp is gonna oh, yeah. fuck up space. Yep, yep. Like you have to slow down the ships mm-hmm. um, or find another another method route. Of, yeah. yeah, and it was like oh okay that's cool, but like that was. It's a show that came out in '94, and that I'm, I, I jokingly told Panther, "Man, when did Star Trek go woke?" 1967. <laughs> so, 66 is when okay. it started. So I had the same jokes with Ajax, like because oh, um, after we were watching Lower Decks, and I'm laughing at shit that he's not getting because you know how reference heavy it oh, is God. on oh, all yeah. the other stuff. And he was fairly familiar with TNG, DS9, Voyager, like he'd seen all those. But he hadn't seen much of the original series, still hasn't. So I was like, hey, you want to watch the movies with me? 
And he and he has actually like, yeah, let's do that. We still have the movies to go. We have done none of the movies. So we watched two through ten. Um, mm-hmm. We have not watched the the remake series with Chris Pine. And I think we have watched that. So Star Trek Four rolls around. He's really enjoying it, and it's a very environmental story. It's literally save the whales. It probably in real life actually did save the whales because the whale population recovered quite a bit in like the 20 years after the movie. Um, and of course I turned to him in the middle of Star Trek four. It's like, Oh, this is so woke climate change. Save the whales. Like, you know, like, yeah, this movie was made in 1986. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it's like when Shatner posted about, when did Star Trek become so political? And someone posted a screen cap from the episode where you have the aliens that are black on white side, one side of their face and white on the other. Yeah. And Captain Kirk is standing in the background, and the person's like, "My dude, you were literally there." <laughs> yeah, homie. So let me Funny let me Shatner. change this up a little bit because I saw a tweet earlier that was from a uh, childhood favorite of mine who has not become. Uh, a shitty person, which is always nice to discover. It's always nice to see like Kate Mulgrew's tweets. Yeah, she's she's really cool. She recently visited Indiana, the the birthplace of Janeway as a character, and like they yeah. put a statue up in her honor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's that cool really cool. The future birthplace of Captain Janeway. So let me read you this tweet. I spoke to a strong pro women's rights female yesterday, and she said she isn't voting because both parties are full of shit. When I pressed her on how this will help the spiritual, when I help, the spiritual person said, I think things have to get worse before they get better. What a fucking idiot. So, this is obviously a pro-choice tweet. And this was made by D. Snyder, the lead singer of Twisted Sister. Yeah, that would be a real bummer if they turned out to be fucking shitheads you know yeah and i've seen some some of his other tweets actually d d D snyder's been been a cool dude since like the 80s um because i was telling ajax this story the other day that um twisted sister were uh hauled before congress on the issue of explicit lyrics this was back around the time when tipper gore was advocating to put the explicit lyrics inside stickers onto um cds and stuff like that that became a thing yeah, that actually became a thing. Anyway, so they grilled D. Snyder about who he wrote most of Twisted Sister's songs. So they grilled him about his lyrics and what he meant and stuff like that. And the cool and interesting part of this story is that they also had another musician testify that a really wholesome musician with non-offensive songs that they really expected to take their side. And to their surprise, he snide he he snided with D Snyder. He sided with D Snyder. And that man was John Denver. Nice. And John Denver basically said, writing music is speech. And he has every right to say in his songs whatever he wants under the First Amendment. And even though they have wildly different musical styles, like, they absolutely agreed on this. And I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah. D. Snyder was right then. John Denver backed him up. D. Snyder's right now. Yep. So, 
The the big topic of tonight is a bit of a weird, sticky one, because it does have implications for the furry fandom as well. Yeah, I don't know how, you know, how much setup this needs, because it's kind of like... There's a lot. It's a deep hole. <laughs> okay, so, to... Let, let's start from the beginning. What do you know about shipping? That See, is to I'm say, a pro shipper because we send out a lot of orders. You are very good at shipping orders Sometimes to people. Sometimes we have to yes. ship a large amount of stuff to a convention. So yeah, I'm totally a pro shipper. I have software that I pay monthly for that, that does a lot of things for me. Like This show is brought to you by Stamps.com. And you Never know, go to the post office again. See, <laughs> you're pro shipping. I'm anti-shipping because i actually mostly hate fanfic in all forms (laughs) so i am anti-fanfic so in general i don't like it so i must be so as much as i read i actually don't read fanfic uh, at all not fanfic uh well like weird shipping especially across genres like okay Sherlock and I don't know the Doctor and the Doctor. They do that. All, they did that. Sherlock. Oh God. Yeah. I hate when you mix. And then apparently, couples. I've never seen Supernatural, but there was apparently a Super Hulock fandom that shipped like oh, the yeah. brothers and the Doctor and Sherlock, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. But you're uh-huh. old enough of an adult to understand that it's fucking fiction, and it doesn't really matter in real life. You don't send death threats to people. Groom children into believing that everything is pedophilia. Look, are you, you not were the seeing only how problematic adult. Hulok is? <laughs> Sherlock is in his forties. The Doctor is nine hundred and six. Like that, that cr- age gap. I mean that that's clearly pedophilia. <laughs> I I know you're saying it as a joke, but also you left it back around. <sighs> Keep going, Sabrina. So, yeah, anyways, okay. So the, that's the setup. So the, explain the situation. Transformative fiction that ma- that mashes up characters has existed since Kirk and Spock were first a thing. It used to be called slash fic because it was stood for Kirk slash Spock. Yeah. This. I have seen erotic Star Trek fan magazines that date back to the 1970s because people typed them up on their typewriters, took them to the Xerox machine, spiral bound them, and mailed them around the country. And sold them at cons. There I used to be whole them tables. All. Well, that, Every last one of them. That, that's your I fucking problem. <laughs> that's your own fucking problem. <laughs> I don't care. The problem is that in our modern world, we have things like AO3 and Wattpad and fanfiction.net, and people can write their stories and post about them on Twitter. But due to Tumblr and the rise of kids on Tumblr getting brain poisoning, a antis, anti-shippers arrived. But the thing is, Shiva, there can be a, there's a very large difference between benign dislike or a distaste for seeing this type of thing and actively seeking out people, sending them death threats, telling suicide baiting them, and trying to get their lives ruined by calling them pedophiles for the reasons that Fuzz laid out, that 
well, Sherlock is in his 40s and Doctor Who is fucking 900 whatever. Therefore, Doctor the Doctor is a pedophile. And if you write fan fiction of the two, that means you are too. Through the transit <laughs> and pop- you're a groomer. The yes. groomer is the other charge that got leveled so, at the victim in this case. Unfortunately, as funny as you might think this, it is actually a very serious thing. And people online with severe brain poisoning take it very seriously. Which I know. I brings read the article. Us to the article that was posted on... Reddit. Reddit. Now, people immediately were like, what's on Reddit? Can you really believe anything that's posted on Reddit? And a lot of people were like, well, this does ring true because I've experienced shit very similar to it. Yeah. I saw Um, a tweet where someone was doubting it, and then I saw like 10 replies being like, no, I've had this exact thing happen to me for the last six years. Here's screen caps of people hoping that I get, you know, raped and murdered because I shipped these two characters. I posted pictures of. Uh, two characters from Genshin Impact kissing, and therefore I deserve death, type shit. Yeah. Like, and the reason that it got a wider recognition is that Robert Evans of Behind the Bastards quote tweeted and was like, "In the story below, a parent talks about her teen daughter was groomed by an adult to go on a quote anti-pedophile crusade, attempting to hound other kids into suicide for shipping fictional characters with a three-year age gap." What we have here is an adult who built a cult dedicated to harassment by using the language of victim advocacy to radicalize kids with a poor grip on reality. The fact that so many young people have spent the last few years living online makes this so much easier to pull off. It is deeply scary and has only shades of a number of things that scare me about online discourse. The use of language built to discuss trauma and abuse being used to shut down critical thinking and whip up harassment, it's all here. The story is that basically, just the first few chapters, I... 43-year-old female, received a phone call from my eldest daughter at 14's school this morning explaining she was harassing and saying some very accusatory things about another student. She was being suspended that I needed to speak with them. This was the first time she had ever been in trouble to the point where the principal was involved. I've gotten talks about her being loud in class and that sort of thing by her teachers, but nothing like this. When I arrived, my child was hysterical, screaming about how this girl, who my daughter was previously friends with and still attends some classes with, is a pedophile and that she should not be the one in trouble. I was confused and slightly panicking when you hear the word pedophile come out of your child's mouth there when they're sobbing. It's extremely concerning regardless of the situation. I instantly feared that possibly something had happened to my youngest child, who was nine, considering this girl hung out at her house a few times that her, her and my daughter were friends, but she was too upset to explain what was happening, but was just crying and mumbling. After I had tried my best to calm her down, the school's counselor had me and my daughter separated, and I was joined by my daughter's classmate mom and the principal. They explained to me that my daughter had been harassing and borderline stalking her classmates since they stopped hanging out as much. She had been referring to her as a, quote, pedophile, quote, for shipping, unquote, these animated characters that were three years apart in age. It had now escalated to real life because her classmate was hospitalized for a suicide attempt. Her mother had figured out what was going on and went to the school today with images of the messages and posts my daughter was making about her, which also included death threats and suicide encouragement. When my child was called to the office, she began loudly screaming the same sentiments as she posted, causing a massive scene and causing the mother to decide on switching schools. I was incredibly disturbed and the other other's girl's mother was visibly upset but held it together incredibly well. She had full right to scream at me or press charges, but didn't. I was almost more hostile and defensive in the beginning than she was because I feared for my son. She told me she knew I had no clue what was going on, that she simply wants her child to feel safe again, that I need to use the time she's suspended to get her help. I agree. I was at a loss for words, but in hindsight, I don't understand how she didn't go full mama bear on me like I would have. The drive home was when things started to turn even more when 
it came to my daughter's behavior. She had asked for her cell phone back. I told her flat out no. She, again, was now in hysterics like I had never seen her until earlier today. She kept begging me for it and saying she did nothing wrong. I made us some lunch and tried to calm the situation down. I wanted to approach it calmly. I asked her why she did this and once again told me, being completely serious, because, said girl, is a pedophile. I asked why she felt that way, and straight face once again told me exactly what the principal did. She believed the girl she had been harassing should, quote, be put in prison, and was a pedophile because she enjoyed art of these characters together, depicted as a couple, but police won't do anything about it, so she needed to take it into her own hands. I asked her if she believed these characters exist. She said no, but had gone on a very long rant about how people drawing art of them, quote, normalizes pedophilia, quote, these characters, I believe, are 18 and 21, and went into very bizarre detail about different fetishes and, quote, ships that upset her. At this point, I was even more worried. I fully understand the internet is a very sexual place, but the type of things she was talking about she would have to seek out herself or had them discuss with her. I instantly started to worry if something had happened to her and this was her way of coping. It's so out of character for her, it's disturbing. So I'm going to pause here. So, this young girl had been fucking around online and had been told that a three-year age gap was pedophilic somehow. And that you needed she... Because the cops, quote-unquote, wouldn't do anything because it's fucking lines on a screen. That she had to take things into her own hand to internet vigilantism because of... And this is going to sound incredibly stupid. Cookie Run. Which is which a phone game. I had game. not heard of before this article. And the thing is, this type of behavior... The getting teens to do your dirty work is not new, but this is the first time lately that it's gotten attention by, you know, an actual journalist like Robert Evans. Um, this type of behavior has been discussed in many times and places, like there was people who have chronicled their years of harassment at conventions because at one point they made a satirical sticker of featuring two characters from Genshin Impact, and that has earned them years of harassment from these little Twitter cretins who show up at her conventions, steal things from her table, and take creep shots of her because of a sticker. This is like the people that, you know, we, we shift this the, the slightly to stuff in the furry fandom. You know, you end up with these, quote, pedophile hunters and, quote, zoo hunter groups where they whip these children into a frenzy and send them out to harass artists and makers and creators and, and convention and staffs. convention staffs. Like we go back a little bit further to fucking the stuff with MFF and all that shit that made me so angry and upset that this is a, a similar incident in as much that these little shitheads had been radicalized by the internet were whipped into a frenzy and pointed at a thing and told go. In this particular case, it was a young girl who decided that one of her classmates liked the wrong thing and was trying to suicide bait her. In the furry fandom's case, it was people being threatened IRL of violence, of people threatening violence towards the convention. Threatening to try to get the convention shut down because of, you know, an unknown number of, quote, bad people. And, you know, I saw people within our community go like, oh yeah, I've seen this shit in the furry fandom too. You know, a lot of the discourse around feral art, or fat fur art, or vor art, or gore art. Or you know, baby fur. Or baby furs, or inflatables. Remember when inflatables or plush, plushophilia was such a big fucking thing uh -huh. back in the day? Yeah. yeah. When inflatables were the fucking bane of existence, and if it you were... It seems like such a weird fucking thing to raise a stink over. But this is all shit that we've had in our <clears throat> communities for 
30 yeah, goddamn plus, years. I remember Plusrophilia used to be a really naughty thing. It was a really big bugaboo. It was so stupid. Like, if you're going to put your dick in a plush, whatever, man. As long as it's your plush and you're not bringing it to a convention, well, they kinda, and come. Yeah. I don't care. It's what you do in your own home. But it used to be weird because you find groups of people who are all into it and they're really good friends and they're really, really into it. Well, yeah. I, mean, I know. It's just. It's an affinity group. You find people that are into the same shit you are and you're going to become friends with them. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's like the Vore artists hang out, the Faffer artists hang out. It used to be the, the big, you know, like, ooh, like kind of titillating thing. Yeah. It's just. Now. With the internet and the fact that. You know, as people point out, the kids have been living online for the past few years. It has turned the discourse dial to, you know, 11 and broken it off. Where the smallest fucking thing, you can end up with a horde of teenagers spewing death threats at you. And if you try to retaliate, they're like, oh, I'm but a little minor. I'm three and a half years old. You know? And, and it, it's really sad, but it's people that are older than that. Yeah. Like, some like, people are in their teens 20s and 30s. Are don't necessarily know this. better, but it's the adults that are directing this shit. Yeah. In the particular story, as it goes <laughs> on, it turns out that the person who was organizing this and exposing the woman's daughter to pornography was, like, 25. And it was like, this is the bad shit that you should get angry about and showing these kids porn. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the actual grooming that's that happening. actually sought out a bunch of underage people to, and showed them porn and said, people that draw this are terrible beings and this is their at on Twitter and you should go and call them a pedophile and a groomer. Yeah, and that's no different than what happens in the furry community. And they're the ones, that that woman is the one doing the actual grooming. Because apparently, it, it, and it goes further in the article... That she tried to place herself as the only, quote, safe adult that these kids could talk to. And they're like, oh, if you want to talk to me about, you know... Anything. Anything. You know, any sexual feelings and stuff like that. Like, she's fucking grooming these kids. Yeah. Like, in the actual usage of it. sexual predator behavior. And... We again, we see this in the furry fandom with the people who like organize, like they do nothing but do call outs all day every day. They're the safe ones. You can go to them, but the target of the day, they're the bad ones that I'm going to turn my baleful gaze upon and sick my followers on. Like, this is something that hit semi mainstream. Well, as, as mainstream as Robert Evans and his follower base is. And like, yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, this seems fake and gay, her. But it doesn't, even if the story was 10,000 words of fakery, which is a lot of words to be fake, um, there's enough experiences of people, you know, you look at certain artists who've, who've done like Lion King porn. I mean, shit, what's any, uh, Moth Sprout, mm. the, this teenager who, she hit 18, did like one drawing of an Arcanine with his dick out and has been hounded on the internet ever since the teenagers calling her a zoophile and a predator because of an art that she did once and like she was super fucking apologetic for but for whatever reason the internet latched upon it and it was all these minors who had been fans of her but then she turned 18 and then you know here we are like Mm. it doesn't take any effort for a person to become a villain over a drawing and then you end up with this shit where like oh you know isn't that person a pedophile or isn't that this and it 
went back to what you said the other week, Fuzz, when that dude was like, oh, wasn't not cast the guy that had the groomers? They actually had the set or whatever was going on, and you had you caught that and was like, no, that wasn't us. That was this other thing. But it's so fucking easy to get these people that set them up for these safe arbiters of these paragons of virtue that are the only safe furry or adult in the room and who get this following of children that they use as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird to see like this written out in you know extremely long form and you know ultimately like but you know exactly what they're talking about yeah like it's the puritans it's the puritans but it's the adults too that are driving this next generation it's you know for, for incels and gamerism for men this is the shit for girls you know like you end up with this weird purity policing and anger over cartoon characters I just want to point out something real quick. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you you didn't know because you're not following up on them. But uh, Moss Sprout uh, is trans mask, um, oh. and they use he, they, it pronouns. Okay, my bad. So, I, didn't, I just remember that they had been a long-term target for harassment. Yeah, yeah. Over like Because I remember because their character is like a trans mask hyena guy. And okay. it, uh, well, I've seen a bunch of I, I them. did not know, but I just know that they had been harassed by this I, and I didn't know that they about. had been harassed. I just discovered them like a year ago. Yeah, it's and it's fucking weird because it it's cyclical. Like every year, like the wheel of discourse turns around, it lands on them, and they get harassed by a new batch of sixteen year olds. You know, he can't catch a fucking break, even though like he's not doing shit now. I don't even know what they do. Like it's so far out of my orbit. I just know that they have been a target of harassment by these very same type of people, and like or hell, the people that. Went after Sparks, bad girl on Twitter. You know, she's a trans femme. That's what it's like, BVD. Yeah, and she's like super into like the Therian and being a big dicked werewolf girl with massive titties and like you know whatever floats your fucking boat. Mm -hmm. She has good taste and likes generally. But you know, people went after her shit, doing the whole oh you're a zoophile, oh you're this. Coincidentally, around the same time with all the shit with fucking Denfer happened, and before that even. Like, and it's the same shit. People whip up a frenzy, direct a whole shitload of asshole teenagers, and sometimes adults who really should know better, at a target and try to get them to kill themselves. In this particular story case, the girl attempted suicide. She did not succeed, thankfully. And now she's getting moved to a different school, and according to the story, the mom wrote that, you know, the daughter is being seen by a psychologist... And a sort of impatient thing because, mm-hmm. you know, turns out you can get admitted pretty quickly and then you just say, you know, oh, my insurance is only going to pay for a certain number of time and they just boot you out. But it's. It it's, sounds like the mom has found like a good place though because, you know, and she said she's very concerned about going to a doctor or to cops and like they might just throw her daughter in an institution or something. So she made sure that didn't happen and she kept control over, you know, where her daughter was going and, you know, it seeing the results and talking to the therapists and stuff like that. And she says her daughter's new therapist is better than her own therapist. So, and that's you know, she's getting good, help. but it's such a, f- <clears throat> yeah, it is not anything that anybody prior to our generation had to deal with, you know, yeah. at least like pre-internet, you might get bullied and a- with assholes from your school. Right. But nowadays, in the modern internet, you just get a 
some bullshit attached to your name and you can have it, random you would also generally get bullied within school hours but kids and young adults now school hour that that bullying period never ends like yeah. they're coming after you on all of your online platforms it's it's fucking wild man yeah and like i i see this discourse happen a lot and it's it's always about some inconsequential bullshit in the grand scheme of things. You know, people getting mad about, like, which Genshin Impact characters could kiss each other. You know? And that's... Like, there's some characters which are, like, literally children. But other than that, like, who fucking cares? I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Uh, but, like, it started really bad with, like, the Voltron fandom. That was apparently a big catalyst. And, like, really? one of the really? people who... Uh, the, the most recent Voltron, mm-hmm. and then there was people mad about like the various ship pairs and fucking uh, Princess of Power, oh, Shira, Shira, mm. like to the point of death threats. I mean, even in the Pony fandom, like people got real upset over like who you paired shit up with, and me as someone who is like, yo, I like seeing ponies kiss. That's cool. Like, I would read whatever. I had my preferred pairings, but I would read fanfic if it was written well. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was pretty immune to being fucked with because I was a grown-ass adult who really should have known better to be involved in the fucking pony fandom. But, you know, here we are. But I am was a grown-ass adult who didn't give a fuck what Princess Lightning Dust dot mp 3 thought on Twitter.com, you know? And, like, so it was never an issue for me because I'm a dude online. Whereas these people are teenagers getting bullied by their peers. So, like, this is really a generational problem. Like, Mm. you and I, and you, Shiva, we're not going to face this shit. Mm -mm. Like, if we get, have some randos come at us, tell them to fuck off and block them. Like, that kind of shit can't really happen to us to the same degree as these kids who are immersed in it. Like, they go to school with these people. The closest would would be something people harassing, like, a church group. Yeah. Turning inwards on itself, or... But employers, you're generally protected from that. Friends yeah. groups, you can walk away from. But these are kids that are in a school, and they're trapped in that school for eight hours a day, however many years, days a year, mm-hmm. with the same little group of fuckers that know each other inside and out, and then also fucking, like, have their online handles. So, like, you learn too much about these people around you, and then you end up with situations like this, where you get told that your friend who likes to draw these two characters who are cookies holding hands with a three-year age gap is suddenly a pedophile who needs to be murdered and it's it's also really adjacent to like the QAnon bullshit too it's the same level of conspiratorial thinking just for kids <coughs> um, QAnon for kids you know they're not they, these kids aren't drinking the blood of other children <coughs> but they're drawing cookies wrong therefore they're pedophiles they're going to be the ones that are shipping your cookie children to Comet Ping Pong for adrenochrome harvesting. You know, and it, you know, that type of conspiratorial thinking in kids probably does translate to a larger vein of conspiratorial thinking as adults if they don't get out of that. Yeah. Like, it's it's a fucking messy thing, and I don't have a solution for it other than, like, you have to tell the people around you that you see engaging with that shit to knock it the fuck off and to, like find some real problems in your life (laughs) that was what i said a few weeks ago i was like you these kids really need some real problems in their lives you know focus on stuff you can affect in your local community not like what some anime icon on twitter.com posted about 
and you're going to get super big mad about. Unfortunately, there's not really a call to action beyond that. It's literally like, this situation is real fucked up. It's been happening for a really long time. It happens in the furry community, the anime community, anywhere else, really. It happens in these online fandoms all the goddamn time. And the only reason we're really hearing about it this time is that, like, a actual journalist got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but these stories have been happening. There are innumerable stories of harassment that people in the furry fandom have had of being the victims of weird campaigns against you. Um, and it's fucked up. Like, people have to recognize it's all a greater pattern that, like, people do this shit for fun. Like, there's generally, like, one or two people at the top that are directing it. And then they're like, oh, well, I just pointed it out. My followers can do what they want. You know, they try to fucking wash their hands of the harassment that they cause. And it's like, dude, you know, this is this should come back on you. This should be consequences. Like, if you sick your 10,000 followers on somebody because they drew, you know, a dog dick on their anthro character, that should have repercussions on you. Because you're a dickhead who deserves to have their cheek slapped about it but not a dog dickhead because that would be problematic of course but that was kind of the big top for the week basically if you see kids doing this shit you have to tell them to knock it off but this is really one of those things where like if you're a parent in listening to this well that's a very small then overlap but you really have to be more aware of what your kids are fucking up to online because like the the heinous shit that i've seen people post from little burner accounts with anime icons and not even burner accounts. People with their full-on, like, fucking card with, like, here's my name and 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 where I go to school and these are my triggers and these are my phobias and da-da-da-da-da. This is my blood type and my hair color and my picture and my GPS coordinates and where I live and the picture of my car and the door and the key to my house looks like this. And, you know, they go full... I'm, I'm getting silly, these but... These are the name of all of my dogs and all of my cats forever. This is where my dad hides his gun, you know. These are the answers to all of my security questions. You know, these are the three numbers that are on the back of my funny card. <laughs> it's it's just wild because for us, this is well outside our wheelhouse. Like we don't have to deal with this shit. Um, it's not something that we're directly aware of in our own lives, and so to see it from a distance with our binoculars, we can go, "That's really fucked up." Mm-hmm. That's really fucked up. So, on that just, note, good night and buy books. Just be more chill about what other people are fucking doing. It doesn't affect you in real life. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Like, if they're actually causing actual harm in real life, like actually doing criminal crimes, yeah, sure, bring it to the authorities, but not because they yeah, and I, drew the wrong people kissing. And I want to mention that, following up on what I said like a week or two ago about this shit gets handled behind the scenes and with the authorities and evidence is gathered and stuff. One of the things that the mom in this post said was that she wasn't going to name the person or the online handle of the person who owned this Discord channel where she was where she was grooming all of these kids because there there is an active investigation with both the local police and the FBI. So she didn't want her like getting scared off and deleting the Discord. And, yeah. You know, removing evidence or anything like that. Luckily, um, the uh, the bullying victim's mom has screenshotted a lot of the the 
heinous shit on the Discord as evidence, and that's been shared with the authorities. But yeah, like just name, you know, naming and shaming the person would not help in this case. It's being handled through the proper legal channels, and hopefully that person who set up a Discord server and tried to groom a bunch of teenage girls and turned them into her personal army. Uh, we'll we'll see some actual legal re- repercussions from this, but it's not going to be done on Twitter either. No, so <clears throat> it will probably be prison. <laughs> yeah, well, again, like it's really one of those things where people demand quick and immediate answers when the actual thing has a process. Mm-hmm. That's how it works with MFF. That's how it's worked with us. That's how I mean, it works the fucking with pogo fight you just read about took four fucking years yeah. to actually get through for it to a jury decision for a fight that happened nothing. on camera. Yeah, like um, it's going to take a while for the stat for anything to actually happen on this, and you just have to be patient. And you know, the same thing when you're yelling and screaming at convention staffers to do something. It's like. I'm sorry, when you're an adult, you know, there are fucking procedures. There are laws. There are ways to do things. There are professionals that you go to to handle this shit. So, now on that note, you can go buy some books at forplanet.com that might have characters kissing in it. Oh no. Please do not send death threats. They will get you uh, blacklisted from being able to purchase shit and blocked on twitter.com. You should instead buy the things that make you happy and focus on those. And it's like, oh, well, those characters are, like, fat and they kissed. Well, I don't like that. I'm going to send death threats to Ritz. You know, don't do that. Do not be that person. Be the be like, oh, I'm going to look at, you know, Sampico's skinny otter ladies with her big old hips. That's better. Enjoy that. But don't, like, send death threats to artists. That That's my takeaway. Hey, don't tell people to kill themselves. It's bad. For planet.com, buy some books. <laughs> Baddogbooks.com, buy some books. Uh, ebooks. Go to patreon.com slash southpodcast and uh, give us a buck if you like. You know, if you think this show is worthwhile and you'd like to contribute to uh, buying tacos or whatever, we could totally do that. Um, go to check our show notes and you can join our Telegram fan chat, which is sitting at just under 200 people, which has conversations and furry pornography. It's a good time. We uh, moderate it quite well. And uh, anything else, guys? No, not that I can think of. All right, so we're going to wrap this up and save it because my poor laptop is somehow at uh, 12% battery after only recording this tonight. So I don't know what the fuck's up with that. Anyways, on that note, good night and big balls.